The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon broadcasting from beautiful, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. And I want to say this has been one of those strange weeks that we have sometimes after a holiday falls on Monday. You know what I mean. It's really hard to know what day it is. And before you get started, it's time for another weekend. I'm not complaining. I'm just stating a fact. I don't have to tell you that we're in the middle of a political campaign with conventions and all those things. I'm really trying hard to ferret out of all the rhetoric what the candidates on all levels from local on up to presidential really stand for in terms of government, the economy, taxes, our freedoms, some of those little things. And it really isn't easy to undercover, uh, to uncover What's underneath all those promises? I, I wish they'd just tell us what this, what they stand for. What are, what is their platform? I really wish they'd stop all the, the negative stuff and tell us what it is they want to accomplish, who they are, what they believe. Um, I doubt if I'm going to get it, but I know that a lot of people think like I do that we just want to know where they stand, enough said. This week on the Self-Improvement Blog, we've had an article every day by Eldon Taylor, our today's guest. There are also some of his videos. If you look in the right-hand column, uh, please take a look at those. They're very good. There's a review of his new book, What If? I encourage you to take a look for yourself. Even right now, you can see a picture of Dr. Taylor. You can see the review. You can see... Why he's called the master of the mind. You can find the the blog at the selfimprovementblog.com. We change it every day, so I encourage you to come back on a daily basis and see what we're up to. Dr. Eldon Taylor is an award-winning New York Times best-selling author, author of over 300 books and audio and video programs. That's a lot. Uh, I don't know when he sleeps, actually. He's the host of the Hay House radio show, Provocative Enlightenment, which airs every Tuesday. He's the inventor of the patented Inner Talk technology and the founder and president of Progressive Awareness Research. 
Dr. Taylor has earned doctorates in clinical and pastoral psychology, is an ordained interdenominational minister, and a fellow in the American Psychotherapy Association. In 2005, he was awarded the International Peace Prize by the United Cultural Convention for his outstanding personal achievements to the good of society as a whole. I think that's just uh, such, such a wonderful tribute. When he was with us in March, we talked about his book, I Believe, and I really wish every political candidate had to read this book and report on it. Today, he's back with us to talk about his newest book, What If? The Challenge of Self-Realization, and we're going to talk about his work at Intertalk and Progressive Research. Dr. Taylor, it's such a privilege to welcome you back to the Self-Improvement Show. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Conlon. It's indeed my pleasure, and please just call me Eldon, okay? Well, and I'm Irene. I don't. I have to look around to see who you're talking to. Just <laughs> okay. you know, like when, when people call me Mrs. Connell, and I look around for my ex-husband's mother. You know, <laughs> one of those kind of things. For those who didn't hear the March show, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I suppose the best place uh, to do that uh, is to begin with a bit of a story. I mean, when people ask me, "Tell me about yourself," I could do as you just did, you know, and and list out these. Uh, so-called uh, accomplishments, merit badges, achievements, you know, uh, et cetera. But that isn't who I am. Uh, who I am is a young person born into the world uh, like like all of us, uh, full of ambitions and ideas that, for all intent and purposes, became jaded um, in the process of, uh, of my upbringing. Uh, <clears throat> something I think of as, as an organic process we all go through. So the end, end result of that was I, I entered into adulthood. I found myself practicing criminalistics, running lie detection tests, uh, supervising investigations, and specializing in things like forensic hypnosis. Uh, and that was my daily routine for years. Um, I, I was indeed at that point. Um, you could say, if not atheistic, I was at least very strongly agnostic, uh, very left-brained, uh, very disappointed in the world and very paranoid and suspicious. Wow. Uh, the nature of, of the universe is such that, you know, my own personal experience has taught me that these linear left-brained uh, sequences, whether we call them science or we attempt to objectify a subjective experience, they're incomplete. They never tell the story. And And what I mean by that is, there were events in my life that came along that I was unable to explain that begged the question about there being more, more in the sense of a metaphysical reality that reached beyond the spiritual uh, sense of things. Well, I, I, I began to look into that because I was, you know, I was unhappy. I mean, I had the accoutrements of being happy. Uh, I had the new automobiles, and I had the homes, and I, you know, I had the businesses, multiple businesses, and, you know, I, I even owned my own stallion station and played with horses all I ever wanted to. So, you know, I, I mean, I had the outward, but I didn't have the inward. I was very unhappy, very, very unsatisfied, and I was unable to, to, to achieve success in, in the most significant things, relationships and so forth. I happened to hear about uh, 
an experiment that purportedly was carried out at Los Angeles Police Department by LAPD in preparation for the Los Angeles Olympics. The experiment, uh, long and short, was they used a subliminal program purportedly to dehydrate cadets in the academy with the whole purpose of testing it to see if it would work in a terrorist abduction scenario uh, where they could play this subliminal content or the phone uh, to the terrorists. Well, that intrigued me. Now, you know, the bottom line is I've never been able to confirm that that study ever took place, and no one has ever <laughs> denied it. But it, it, it caused me to begin to research this because in my lie detection practice, about 25% of all the tests that you give, and this is standard for everyone uh, that does lie detection, 20-25% are going to be inconclusive, meaning the guilty person is using countermeasures and the honest person is, for all intent and purposes, just affected too deeply by situational stress. So if I could eliminate that, my thinking was, uh, using this technology, hey, right home to mom. Well, that launched a whole new career, as it turned out. I was unable to find uh, various things in the marketplace that uh, that satisfied me. Indeed, when I when I called people that were making subliminal programs and asked them how they were doing it, which I thought was reasonable because they made scientific claims about them, you would have thought I was asking for the recipe of Coca Cola. You didn't uh, get anything, did you? No, no. So you know, I went out, Irene. I bought, I bought every company that was making programs at that time. I sent them to Anthony Pelicano at Audio Forensic Laboratories and said, "Anthony, tell me what's on this and tell me how they did it." And he called me on the phone. He said, "Elvin, there's nothing on there." Now, what an audio forensic expert does is they take audio material, say that it's been recorded surreptitiously in a sting operation. And just as the perpetrator uh, says something that's uh, incriminating, a jackhammer goes off. So his job is to uncover the, the real audio content. People that watch TV have seen how this is done. Well, the bottom line is he found nothing on him. I've so all learned, you had was music. Yeah, I've since learned that you know most of the people, if not all of them at that time, we're burying messages 40, 50 dB beneath the primary carrier. Hey, listen, the theoretical limitation to most good stereos is 30 dB. So for all intent and purposes, it may as well have been what Mao Zedong said, you know, uh, in China. It had absolutely <laughs> no, no stimulus effect because the signal strength wasn't there. Well, that put me into the University of Utah because if LAPD had figured it out, if the Bureau was doing it, and by then I learned that, hey, the CIA and, you know, uh, other intelligence agencies were investigating subliminal and, and they were utilizing it in clandestine ways for brainwashing and so on and so forth, uh, I had to figure out how this could be done. Net result was, you know, years, well, net result was today we have a patented technology that's a result of that research. However, I did devise what I thought then would work very well, a dichotic masking system, and I took it into my lie detection practice, and it worked. Now, the universe came along and coached me. Remember, I'm this jaded guy, and and uh, a friend of mine at the Utah State Prison said, Eldon, you know, if this works so well in lie detection... 
Could we use it to rehabilitate inmates? We went out to the in, uh, to the prison system. We ran a very tight double-blind study. We used some very sophisticated psychometrics, uh, pre- and post-testing uh, the inmate population, totally voluntary, with youth offenders 25 and under. Um, and, and when we were all done with our testing, there wasn't anything new. You know, the pre-test that we could see high scores in self and social alienation, but, you know, that's standard. Everybody knows that that's where, you know, an inmate population uh, sits. However, conversations with the inmate, conversations with the uh, custodial people, et cetera, at the prison revealed a common um, a common mechanism used by the inmate population that turned out to be a epiphany for me. That mechanism today we can just call blame. The way they ducked responsibility was to displace it. It's not my fault. You know, ah, but for the grace of God, there go you. My daddy was an alcoholic. My mommy was a prostitute. The neighbor boy mainlined me when I was eight years old. And it hasn't changed. It's still that way. Well, well, it is in many instances. Often this is exaggerated. But even when it was true, you know, you could have two brothers come from the same home. They dealt with the same stimulus. Uh, They made, you know, different choices. One was a physician in a teaching hospital, and the other was in maximum security. So it really came down to how they made their choices. And and this mechanism of blame, displacing responsibility, it's not my fault. What would you do? I mean, they did it to me. Go ahead and make my day. I don't get even. I get even. Or this whole litany of attitudes that just rolled out made it clear that I had the same problem they had. The difference was the chip on my shoulder, the anger and the animus that I was carrying was directed at, well, my dad did this to me. You know, I left home when I was young. If this hadn't happened, I would have. You know, I was doing the same thing they were doing, but I'd found a socially acceptable way to act it out. Instead of criminality, as they were doing, I was a criminalist, you see. Well, ah, epiphany, you know. I'm doing this same thing. Uh, You know, how do we undo this? Well, what we did at the prison system is we built some solid esteem uh, affirmations to put into this uh, intertox subliminal program, but we included something that that, that I include now in every single program that we make, that turned out to be very, very important, something I call a forgiveness set. I forgive myself, I forgive all others, I am forgiven. Now listen, you're going into an inmate population, you're going to tell the inmates that they forgive themselves and that they're forgiven. And you can expect that there's going to be people say, wait a minute, isn't that going to cause them to reoffend? I mean, hey, that's letting them off the hook. I don't, you know, but the bottom line was no. No. The data showed us quite the opposite to be true, Irene. What, I mean, the data was so robust that the prison system cloned this uh, um, subliminal uh, product, this intertalk product, throughout all of their facilities. What we had done in the youth facility, 288, became something they did everywhere, max, medium, etc. And that was later cloned to other prisons. So... What I did is I walked away from that, like I say, with my own epiphany. You know, listen, I'm blaming everybody, and to the precise extent that I blame people, I tie myself up. 
you know, I can't do anything about it because it's not my fault. And because I can't do anything about it, I just carry it along. I just carry it with me, you know? It's kind of Robert Bly talks about, you know, the long bag where we right. where we, we take all of these things in our life and, and we shove them back there. Well, in his, in, in his long bag, you know, we come into the world and we're just these brilliant uh, balls of energy. We can do and express in any way. We touch ourselves all over, and there are no inhibitions. You know, we suck on our toe, and, I mean, life is just, you know, it's just an adventure. And then we're told not to do this and don't do that. And we and we meet with um, strict enforcement of those rules. And we begin to hide ourselves. We begin to say, oh, now, wait a minute. Uh, I, I need to be accepted. I mean, that is, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're an animal for all intent and purposes. It is a herd animal. We need to be loved. We need to be accepted. Uh, research indeed shows that, that newborn children do much better just being touched every day uh, regularly than being uh, kept in something like an incubator where they're not Right, touched. right. So Eldon, on that, that note, we need to go to break. When we come back, I want to let you finish your story. All right. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor, saying stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Everyone has a belief system that they stand by. It's comfortable and safe. If you believe that a hot stove will burn you, you won't touch it. Sometimes beliefs like this are practical. But some belief systems may be protecting you a little too much. These are the ones that might be holding you back. There's a secret to changing your belief system. And by doing so, achieve goals and live a happier, better life. Start by tuning in to Subconscious Beliefs with Dr. Hein Lambricks, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor. Before the break, we were talking about how 
how he got started into working with subliminals. I'm assuming that you had started Inner Talk by then. He's been working in the prison system. So tell us the end of the story, or as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. Yeah, well, the rest of the story is to your question, who am I? Because who I am is this process that is the story that I'm sharing with you. So here I realize that, look, as long as I'm blaming, I've effectively limited my own franchise. Uh, you know, in order for me to be able to take control of a situation, in order for me to be proactive, I can't be blaming somebody. I mean, I'm not in charge of all the stimulus that comes to me in my life, but I am definitely in charge of how I respond to it. So what we did was like i say this forgiveness set now since then we created a program called forgiving and letting go i have used it with elite athletes i used it on myself i've used it with uh, entrepreneurs i've used it with uh, you know the fortune 500 kinds of people uh, the program as far as i'm concerned it's the basic place for people to begin in their self-empowerment journey because you cannot be empowered as long as you have yourself tied up with blame so we make that program available free at my website. Okay, let's go there it. right now. How can they find this? How do people get this? You can simply go to eldentaylor.com. And on the left-hand navigation pane, you see free programs. You click there. That opens another window. You see forgiving. You click there. and You just follow it to download. or to, You can order the CD, too, but if you order the CD, we, we do charge you shipping, so I encourage you to download the program. So, uh, But that's, that's the beginning place. And for me, to come back to answer your question, that was the beginning place for me. So who I am is, is this individual going through this process where, you know, initially, as I said, we we have this long bag where this bubble of energy and then people start telling us that this isn't good. Maybe a teacher tells us we shouldn't get angry and, and then maybe somebody tells us that, you know, your, your smile is funny or you're too skinny or you're not uh. smart enough or da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And we take all this and we, we these are chunks of ourselves that we put into this, this imaginary long bag behind us because we want to hide it and we want to be what everybody wants us to be. Oh, and yes. you know, Irene... One more point here. You know, I, I have said this before, and I have people step up to me and say, yeah, you know, I don't think that's true of myself. I mean, I don't, I don't think we all go through that. And I, and I have this example. Everybody I know, when they, well, let, let me take very specifically myself and a psychologist friend of mine. I, I have a friend that is a radio host and a psychologist and loves to ride Harleys. And I'll guarantee you when she puts those Harley shafts in that helmet on and straddles that bike, that is a different woman than the woman that you would meet uh, if you were in her uh, office as a client. When I'm on a university campus in my suit and tie, my demeanor is completely different than if here on my little place in Spokane, Washington, I have my shafts and boots on and I'm headed out to the corral to be with my horses and friends. What is it about us that dictates who we are based on how we dress? I know. We, we all do it. I heard an but astonishing thing. we do that because thing. we're pretending to be, and that's the problem. We're pretending to be. I heard an astonishing thing this morning about uh, women going back to college. You know, the, this year, this college is starting, and before many 
and they didn't have precise numbers, but many had plastic surgery before they went back so they would feel more acceptable. I'm thinking, holy cow, have we gone that far? Yeah, I know, isn't that? I mean, I saw a study not long ago that the number one sought-after, most cherished thing by people under 25 was fame. Fame. Oh, my goodness. Now, you know, I, I never even thought about that when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> I, I came from West Texas. You know. How could you have fame and come from West Texas? It yeah. certainly wasn't number one, but that is the number <laughs> one thing today. And, and you know, I, I just see all of this as, as a condition of alienation. I, I mean, at the top of the show, you were talking about politics. I just got back from two days of filming in Oklahoma City with Freemind Films where they're doing a piece on the brainwashing that goes on in, in, in our government, in our society, oh. okay? I, people don't realize this, but the television advertising in 2012, this just for this election year, is estimated to top $3 billion. Oh, now, I totally believe that. And if, if you watch it, you, you really can begin to sort some of this little brainwashing out. I mean, it's well, well, people don't not even subtle. It. You know, listen, as far as I'm concerned, <clears throat> the oracle of the new secular religion, if you will, consumerism, is yeah. television. You know, and that is the new secular religion. We, When I was in school, I was taught there were four drives, four basic human drives, fight, flight, feeding, and fornication. You know, and whether it was a, a Freudian or a Maslowian or, or whatever model that you were going to deal with of the human being, these were the four basic drives. But today we have a fifth, and that drive is more, simply more. Wherever yeah. you go, people want more, more money. They want more power. They want more time. They want more relaxation. They want more toys. They want more, 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 more. Yeah, how and much is enough? It doesn't matter what they have. It's never enough. You know, the, the time that we would take to stop and reflect upon who we really are and what our last truly original thought was, all of that's behind why I wrote the book, What If. If, if you stop That's where I want it, to go now, so thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> that is the most provocative book I think I ever wrote. Wrote. I didn't write it. Read. <laughs> um, you know, I wrestled with some of those questions in the middle of the night. What, you know, we're talking about what brought you there. Um, what really did motivate you to write this book? Well, what motivated me more than anything else are conversations like you and I are having. You know, the average person fails to understand that, well, let me put it this way. Today, the numbers just changed. I just saw brand new numbers on television watching, and the average number of hours that are spent in front of the TV are five hours. And so you understand what that means, that uh, if you begin, you know, today, you put your little bambino out in front of that TV, by the time he, she is 65, they're going to spend 13 and a half years watching television. 13 and, and a half years. Now, the flicker rate of TV is such it's going to entrain your brain. That flicker rate isn't an accident. It doesn't have to be 30 cycles. It could be something else. But it will entrain you. You will go into uh, what's known as alpha. And I've testified in the court of law the objectified evidence for what hypnosis is constituted by is an alpha brainwave pattern. Okay, that's uh, 8 to 14 cycles per second of brainwave activity. Right. Normal beta. And uh, 
it's a state of hypersuggestibility. So you're in front of the TV in this alpha state. You, you may as well say I'm in the hypnotist's office, and the hypnotist is telling me what? Whatever that TV is telling me. Yeah, and telling I walk away. Buy, 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 and it's telling little kids they've got to have this toy or that kind of sweetened cereal. I- That's right. And whether it is a product or a platform in a, or a plank in a political platform, it, it's all about manipulating you. And billions of dollars have been spent by neuromarketers for designing and, and, and calculating exactly how they can tweak your psychology. So if you don't understand that, well, then it's really hard to communicate with you. So how do I get there? How do I get you there? I mean, how do I get you personally there? Not just, okay, I understand this heady stuff, this intellectual stuff, but how do I personally get you into that? by taking you through thought experiments. And in what if we have 22 thought experiments? And as you said, you know, uh, Irene, these are not easy thought experiments. No, just when I think I have it, then you threw in another little wrinkle. I was really angry with you a couple times. And why did he do that for? Now I don't know. Every, one of the things you ask Everybody is, that is, reads the book, including my wife, has said that. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, I don't want you angry at me. I didn't read the book and be angry at me, but I had to find a way to show you, to show everyone, that your beliefs may not be built on the foundation of solidness that you think they are. And those beliefs, as you know, are all important, whether it's, it is your success in life, it is the nature of your relationship, it is how long you will live, it is the quality of your life. I mean, I could go on on that one. Uh, we even know that beliefs directly affect the DNA molecule today. Absolutely. So, getting now, I back people... to ourselves and, and, and understanding who we are, well, there can't be anything more important than that. Most people can't tell you what they believe. I ask the question, what do you believe that you weren't told you had to believe? And people look at me like, what? Oh, I love you. <laughs> you know, I've got to tell you a story. I know we've got a hard break coming up, so you stop me. If, if I. Well, why but, don't we go to break now, and then when we come back, we don't have to interrupt your story. All right. When we oh, come back, we'll talk break. about mystery schools and what you can say you believe, huh? Okay, this is Irene Conlon with my guest Eldon Taylor saying, hey, don't go away, we have more to say. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on VoiceAmericaKids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor. We've been talking about his subliminal programs, and you were about to tell us a story, Eldon. Well, yeah, I was going to tell you a story building off of, of what you, you know, your last statement, uh, what people can say that they really believe. And, you know, uh, I asked that question, and like you, I mean, my favorite is, of course, what was your last uh, original thought? And typically I get, you know, a standard answer. Silence. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, but but coming off of what you believe, you know, there was a an ancient school. Most people know who Pythagoras was, the the brilliant mathematician, right. also a musician. Put the six string on the lyre. He was a mystic, and he had a mystical brotherhood, a a mystical school. And uh, it was many people wanted to belong to this school. It was said that you know they understood the secrets of the universe, and uh, and of course you know. In many, many ways, uh, at that time, you know, understanding geometry was understanding architecture, understanding, you know, uh, the nature of the the physical earth. Uh, so it, it, this was a really sought-after kind of private secret school. In order to get into the school, you had to satisfy certain criteria. You, you had to be 40. There were a number of them. But once you'd satisfied that, preset of category or preset of material criteria, then there were some tests you had to take. And the final test came down to this one. You were given an opportunity to to go off and meditate and, you know, go into the desert, do whatever you needed to do, because you were going to be asked by the entire academy for one thing that you could say you absolutely knew for certain, the so-called epistemological uh. certainty, Okay. Okay. All right, so now you appear before the academy. You have your one thing, and as soon as you say it, you're going to be attacked. You don't know that, but on cue, they're going to come after you. They're going to use the best logic, the best oral forms of criticism. I mean, you know, maybe you said, well, I know there's a God, you know. Oh, really? Tell us about that. Is this a man or a woman? I mean, is it all powerful? Have Can you, you build a rock so large you can't lift it? Da 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 da, you see. So the whole idea was, if they dissuaded you from what you said you believed, that you knew for certain, then you were never accepted into the academy. Some people might, you know, the safe place may be Heraclitus. As well, everything changes, and I don't know anything for certain. <laughs> but there is one for certain answer we can all take into this really is 
has a relevancy to our conversation today, in my view, and, and some great import in how you go forward in your life. And that is, I could without a doubt say, I can't say I'm Eldon Taylor and I'm six foot tall and live in Spokane, Washington. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I mean, if that's what I am, is that all I am? What happens, you know, when I die, you know? Right, okay. yeah. Okay, wait a minute, hold it, you know? So this irrefutable response is, I am an experience experiencing. Ah. Okay? Now, hey, look what happens when you do that. You're now a verb. You're not a noun. You know, as the noun, you put on your clothes, you behave differently. You know, as a noun, you describe yourself and and you describe how the world has acted on you and you describe how you get even or how you've you've let it go, how you've forgiven, you know, how you... As a a noun, we talk about the long bag and all these parts of ourselves we put back there because we can't smile anymore comfortably. We were told we had a funny smile when we were a child and on and on and on and on. But as a verb, I'm free. Interesting verb, point. I, you know, I'm experiencing. And if I bring that to who I am in every minute of what I'm doing, everything in my life changes. It oh, all it changes. gives you great freedom, doesn't it? Yeah, it's wow. tremendous freedom. Now, if I take that and I couple that idea to forgiveness, I am a verb, um, I'm experiencing and, and as an experience, like the water moving in the river, it crashes on the rocks, you know? It doesn't stop and say, damn you, rock. It just moves along. And it continues to move along. As an experience, I move fluidly through my life. And the experiences that I have, you know, as that river, I, I'm looking at the flora and the fauna and the, and the sky, and I'm enjoying the motion and, 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 and the freedom. I'm no longer in contest. It is the experience that I am having that has my attention. And that experience I define. I define according to my perspective. If I choose to see the experiences in my life with gratitude, then good things come from them. You know, I, I'm this jaded criminologist. I'm turning the corner. I'm, I'm redefining the experiences in my life. I'm discovering that there is a lot more that I have really, that I am, than I have allowed myself to be. I am, I'm committed to changing. I'm committed to waking myself up and whatever that takes. And, 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 and whoever I have to see. And there's this friend that, that, uh, is a minister and, and, and I like to visit with her, and, and one day I'm visiting with her, and she says to me, you know, Eldon, change isn't always the easiest thing, so I want you to remember that everything that comes to you comes to you for some good. Now, I know that can be hard to swallow. I just want you for this week to, you know, whenever something comes along that, that uh, is offsetting, I want you to look at it and say, I can't wait to see what good comes from this. Well, I chuckled with her, you know. I left. I went back to my office, and as I pulled into the uh, strip mall where my offices were, as I pulled into it, I had to pull past this restaurant that was on the uh, on the very end of the strip mall. This was a horseshoe shape uh, with some buildings in the middle. And as I pulled past this uh, restaurant, this fellow in an old pickup truck 
smack into my brand new uh. Eldorado Cadillac convertible. Okay? Bang! Now, this is a brand new car. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, a year or two prior to that, I know what my reaction would have been. It wouldn't have been the one that I had that day. I had just left my friend, Connie. I, uh, I smiled, and I said to myself, I cannot wait to see what good comes from this. I stepped out of the car, and this fellow shaking his finger at me, you hid behind me? How dare you hide behind me? I mean, and, I, and I'm, 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 you know, I'm dazed by this approach. There happened to be two law enforcement officers coming out of the restaurant. They saw it all happen. I ended up in one's car, and we roared and roared about this fellow and his finger-wagging about how I hid behind his truck. Now, the bottom line was, of course, my car was fixed. Insurance covered it, and, you know... Today, I think back, I don't, you know, I mean, listen, what I remember about that incident was this. It was funny. My experience was something I can share with people, and, and I still get a smile on my face. It, it, it wasn't a horrific experience. It wasn't I got out and we argued and, and the adrenaline all ran up into my system. I mean, look, our bodies essentially have two budgets. Analogous to a government. One is for growth and the other is for defense. And so every time I get angry, every time I, I'm blaming, every time I, you know, I, I turn to the, you know, to the universe, to the world, to whatever that stimuli is, and, and I resist it, I put myself on defense. And that just simply is the best way in the world to shorten my lifetime and to inhibit the maximum or most beneficial operation, optimal operation of my endocrine, my immune, and my autonomic nervous system. So, you know, if you want to carry that, just understand you're making the choice to live a miserable short life. Exactly. Let me ask you a question. How... Our education system does not prepare anybody to think this way, to believe they're an experience or they are experiencing. Um, it's more, this is my opinion, um, a system that tries to make everybody the same as everybody else. How can we break out of this so people coming up now know that it's okay to be different, that they're special, they're experiencing Instead of, I, mean, I don't even know how you can get it on TV. Well, let me emphasize, first of all, Irene, what you said. Uh, and I'm gonna, I want to emphasize it because you said this is my belief. And I want everybody to know out there, you are absolutely right. The education system in America copies a Prussian system, a three-tiered Prussian system that was uh, originated in 1819. Uh, it had a, it has some very famous sponsors like Edward Thorndike and John Dewey. It is not about education. Stop right there. No, it's not. Understand, it's about socializing you. And 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 I'm saying this matter of factly because you can simply get on the internet today, Google it. The data is there. The statements by these men about why the education system in America should be. In three tiers, you know, the top tier would serve the intellectual elite. The next tier would serve those who take care of the intellectual elite, the doctors, the lawyers, the professionals. And the next tier, well, that would serve the masses. And it's necessary to do this, as Edward Bernays said, 
in order to control the masses. So you have to understand your education system is not education, it's socialization, period. End of quotation. Listen, the world wasn't flat when Columbus sailed to America. That's a great lie. The Greeks had already calculated it. Exactly. know that, but they perpetrated Listen, there was never a great war between science and religion. As White, uh, the founder of Cornell, invented in what historians today say is the classical book on how not to write a history. It's all fiction, okay? Anyone that's interested will see that what I'm saying you is telling you is the tip of the iceberg. So go away and understand that education is about socialization. Now, you have to have certain math skills. You have to have a certain history. You have to have an ethnocentric bias, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going you're gonna to get this, names, dates, but you're not going to get taught how to think. How Absolutely to think and not. how to question is not a part of our educational system. All right, look, if you understand that, if you, if you don't believe me, like I say, go check it. Once you understand that, then you can back up and say, wait a minute. They never did teach me to think. They taught me to be their tool. They taught me the last thing in the world, Irene, that the so-called elite want us at large to understand is the unlimited human power that rests within. Oh, but it's eking out, isn't it? It it is, and it needs to, and it, it is a time, and and, you know, shows like your show, you know, they're critically important to communicating this. When people understand that they are not victims, that they, you know, that they have this immense power and resource within, that they are capable, that, that they have lived under this invisible, self-limiting notion that, that you can't do this and you can't do that and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that and you think only this way and this is right and that is wrong... When we begin to honestly evaluate the human condition and its human potential, we see that that's the one thing, the the most important thing, that's left out of our education. So you're absolutely right. Now, now that I've emphasized your point, and I hope I emphasized (laughs) it enough, how do we break out of it? How do we change? Well, how we do that is quite simply to stop for a minute and, and begin to ask ourselves what it is that we believe and why we believe it. And, and once again, you know, that's part of the reason I wrote the book, What If? Uh, that's behind the book, I believe. I mean, listen, The Politics of Experience is a book that uh, I was asked recently, what's the most profound book in your life that you ever read that brought you to where you are? And it's a book by a psychiatrist by the name of Robert Lang. But Lang says this, The condition of alienation, of being asleep, of being unconscious, of being out of one's mind, is the condition of the normal man. Society highly values its normal man. It educates children to lose themselves and to become absurd and thus to be normal. We are not able to think adequately about the behavior that is at the annihilating edge, but what we think is less than what we know, what we know is less than what we love, and what we love is so much less than what there is, and to that precise extent, we are so much less than who we are. 
On that note, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more with Dr. Eldon Taylor. This is Irene Conlon saying stay tuned for more. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune into Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor. We've been talking about... All kinds of wonderful things today, and we're almost at the end of the show. It's gone way, way too fast. On the break, we were talking about the power of the subconscious mind, and I think we just barely have time to, to reiterate what we were saying at the break, Eldon. Um, talk, say, to, you know, say to the audience what you said to me about the importance of the subconscious mind. Absolutely, very happy to. You know, for all intent and purposes, most of us believe that we are doing our own choices. We're doing our, making our own choices, doing our own thinking, etc., and so forth. The conscious mind is in charge of things. The fact of the matter is, that's not true. Using functional magnetic resonance imaging, and I mean not true. People are going to say this. Oh, come on. But using fMRI, I'm going to tell you this. We can put an MRI technician can watch your brain while you make decisions and know as much as 10 seconds in advance what you're going to decide before you decide. The nucleus accumbens, an area of the unconscious, is giving you the information, is giving you that choice, is giving you that decision, period, end of quotation. Now, that that means that the content in your unconscious, the subconscious, the, the information you put,
put in it. Analogously, is a little bit like a giant container. If you're not guarding what's going in there, if you're putting in all this stuff indiscriminately, you're sitting in front of that television set, it's telling you, Gone Boo's coming to town, but don't worry about it. You're going to get sick. You know, send the wife. Oh, get, yeah, I hate you know, that one. XYZ medicine, and he'll, well, you're probably going to get Gone Boo. As a hypnotist, I can take a, an ice cube and rub it on your arm and tell you I'm burning you and you'll blister. And I'll blister, and you're in exactly. That hypersuggestible state. The unconscious is doing your deciding. It's critically important, therefore, that you guard what you put in that unconscious, that you get that out of the unconscious that is not friendly or favorable. You know, I was recently at a, at a CEU conference and a continuing education conference. And the fellow that was uh, presenting was a psychologist. His name was King, and Dr. King was up there, a, a, a rotund fellow, very much overweight. And we were t- he was talking about the nucleus accumbens, and he says, I have to tell you a funny story, and I want to share this with you and your audience because it illustrates the power of the subconscious mind. He said, um, you know, I went on a diet, uh, and, and I decided, well, it, it's going to be easier for me to do that because I just moved to this new town. I love Krispy Kreme donuts. And in this new town that I was living, there wasn't a, a Krispy Kreme. I had to get on the freeway and go down the road about five minutes in order to get to the nearest Krispy Kreme. So if I stayed away from Krispy Kreme, I thought, well, this will be a good diet. And, and things were working good. I'm, you know, I'm losing weight. And a few months have passed. And then one day I had to go out of town. And I got on the freeway, the same road that, that I always used to go to Krispy Kreme. And the first thing that came to my mind was Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme's on this road. This is what this road goes to is Krispy Kreme. And then he says, <laughs> and I began this dialogue in my head. And, and the dialogue went with, well, you could stop and have a Krispy Kreme. You haven't had one in months. No, there's no such thing as one Krispy Kreme. I'd be buying a dozen. You know. Well, no, it would be okay. You were going to get a cup of coffee anyway. Well, no, yeah, but if I get a cup of coffee there, there's no way I'll be able to avoid the Krispy Kreme. He said, I could taste this Krispy Kreme. You know, my mouth began to water. I was having this whole conversation with myself, driving down the freeway, when I realized I'm not on the freeway anymore. I am pulling into the Krispy Kreme parking lot. <laughs> exactly. Okay? In other words, the decision was being made despite all of the conversation. That's how important the information is that we allow to put into our mind. We allow others to put into our mind. And... Yeah. You know, that's why, as we said at the break, as you, as you pointed out, Irene, if, if someone were to use meditation, uh, use self-hypnosis, journal the information, be still with themselves, they'd begin to flush out a whole lot uh, that, that would give them the tools necessary to really appreciate the power that resides within them. Oh, I totally agree. We just have a, a couple minutes left. I know you have a new book coming out in October. I've had the privilege of reviewing it and working with it. Tell the listeners just briefly what you have coming out because it is so powerful. Well, the book is about self-hypnosis and subliminal information processing. The thing that I have learned after... The 30 plus years since that in initial prison inquiry and, and uh, turnaround in my life is that, you know, what you believe about yourself always matters. And getting to these beliefs 
and, and getting rid of those that don't serve me and changing them out for the ones that, that are the most powerful, there are a couple of tools that are available to everyone that once you learn or know how to use these tools will, will literally give you a freedom you have just not known. One of them is self-hypnosis, and so the book comes with a set of audios. And these audios will teach you self-hypnosis. You'll experience hypnosis. You'll be able to put yourself back into hypnosis at any time you want. And you can use the hypnosis for anything from stress reduction to, to making these deeper inquiries within yourself and liberating yourself of, of self-imposed limitations. And it comes with a section that deals with subliminal programming. Because the power of subliminal, unlike an affirmation, when you say an affirmation or someone says it to you, the conscious mind's going to reject it. You know, this year I'm going to make a million dollars. And the conscious mind's going to say to you, yeah, sure, what are you going to do, rob a bank? Yeah. But, but if you start that language from the inside out, I'm confident, I'm positive, and it's coming from the inside out because the conscious mind can't, doesn't discriminate it and can't argue with it. Then we begin to act in reliance on it. So the second half of the book is how you can do this yourself effectively, the kinds and ways of affirmations to write so you avoid, you know, problems that people can have. And, uh, and that's, that's what it's all about. It is a tool. Uh, indeed, the tool, originally we sold the tool as just the hypnosis side of it, which would be about half. For, for a couple of hundred dollars, and it was one of our better sellers. I wanted to see a larger audience. We talked to Hay House. Hay House is bringing it. It will be under $20 with the audio. And, uh, you know. And there's nothing else like it, and I encourage anybody who's serious about self-improvement to get this book. Dr. Taylor, it's just at the end of the show. Next week's guest is me. We're going to have another little chat session. I encourage you to call in. We're going to talk about religion and politics and maybe even pet peeves. So come back next week. Um, we're going to have a good time. Dr. Taylor, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it's been my pleasure entirely. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. This is Irene Conlon and my guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor, saying thank you for being with us today. And I invite you to come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.